Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here today on New Year's Eve. And uh, we're going to talk about a resolution that we can have for the new year. Many of us make goals for the new year, or we make uh, resolutions, or we, we pray for God to give us a direction for the new year, a word or something. Um, so I want to give you one that I think would be a great one to work on this year. I think all of us could work on, and that's the word rest. Um, how many of you are good at resting? <laughs> Not very many of us. A few. Uh, how many of you are, are professional nap takers? I would, yeah, I'm I remember when I was in college, I, I worked till 2 in the morning and then had class at 7, so I, uh, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. So I became really good at, like, cat naps. I actually fell asleep standing up one time. That was interesting. Uh, but I could go back to my dorm. I had 15 minutes between classes. I could, it took me about two minutes to get back to my room. I could take a seven-minute nap and then make it to the next class. It was amazing. I can't do that anymore. Uh, but many of us are, are kind of running on fumes. You know, if you ask people, how are you doing? What's one word that comes up a lot? Busy, tired, stressed, right? And one of the things the Lord instituted into the world is this idea of rest. And so I think if we made a, a vow this year to work on rest, I think a lot of us would see a great increase in our lives. Uh, and we're going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings 19. If you have the Version Bible app, you can go to the events tab and um, it'll all be there. But I came across this great story. It was about a nun and uh, it was rainy and it was dark and it was the middle of the night and she was, she was lost. She was trying to get somewhere. This is in the days before GPS. Some of us still get lost with GPS. It's pretty amazing. But she was lost and so she found a monastery and so she went up to the door and, and knocked and a couple of monks came and she said, hey, I, I'm a nun. I'm we're, we're kind of in the same line of work. Can I just stay here tonight? I'm totally lost. I wait for the weather to clear. So they gave her shelter for the night. And um, she was just in time for dinner. So they brought her down to have dinner with them. And they had the best fish and chips she'd ever had in her life. And so um, she went into the kitchen to thank the chefs. And she was met by two of the monks there, two of the brothers. And then one of them said, hi, I'm Brother Michael. And this is Brother Charles. She said, I'm glad to meet you. Thanks for letting me stay here. He said, I got to tell you, that's the best fish and chips I've ever had. And I've traveled quite a bit. And uh, she said, well, who cooked the fish? And Brother Charles said, well, I'm the fish fryer. And she looked at the other guy and said, yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm afraid I'm the chipmunk. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, he was probably looking for a different job, right? So, you know, a lot of us, we, we have things we want to do in the new year. I, I want to I get in better shape. I want to find a new job. I'm tired of being called the chipmunk. You know, I want to do these different things. Um, but we're very busy, and it seems like, you know, we talk a lot about COVID and, and the effects that COVID had on a lot of us. And, you know, during COVID, we were home a lot, right? A lot. We learned how to, to rest and to quiet ourselves. But then when things opened back up, what happened? Many of us fell right back into the same patterns of being tired, of being overworked, of being stressed. And so one thing I want to talk about is learning how to rest in the new year and in 1 Kings chapter 19, we find this really interesting story about the prophet. And um, Elijah the prophet had had a big standoff with uh, the king's false prophets. And 
uh, they did this huge standoff. You know, he said, well, whoever answers with fire is the Lord. You remember the story? Um, Elijah chopped up some, a cow and he called down fire from heaven and it burned up all the rocks and the cattle and the false prophets tried to do it and they couldn't. So they killed all the false prophets and um, Ahab was the king. And so he got home and told his wife. Now, Jezebel was King Ahab's wife. If, if you've ever been called Jezebel, it's not a good thing because she was not a nice lady. And um, she really is kind of the one who ran the show behind the scenes. And so she was upset. So Elijah, I want you to think about this. Elijah just had an incredible spiritual victory, okay? I mean, he literally had a standoff with false prophets and said, if your God answers, he's God. If my God answers, he's God. They did everything they could, cut themselves. Elijah taunted him a little bit. It was kind of funny. He's like, oh, maybe your God's in the bathroom. Yell louder, you know. Maybe he's taking a nap, you know, different things like that. And then God answered literally with fire from heaven. He had this huge victory. But then we're going to see what happens here next. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, it said, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, May the gods strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Now what's the thing about it? He just had this incredible spiritual encounter where he stood down all these prophets. He was outnumbered hundreds to one. One lady sent the message and said, I'm going to kill you. You would think Elijah would say, Bring it on, lady. I'll burn you up too, right? But he didn't. What happened? He got scared. And it says this. In verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. What? He fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. What's going on here? Elijah's what? tired, discouraged, worn out. And he said, Lord, I, I, I've done all these things for you, and I am just tired. Just let me rest. And he literally prayed, just, I'm, I'm ready to go. And so then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. So we see that, and then he has this incredible moment with God after this, but we see that Elijah had this incredible miracle, this incredible thing, and then he was tired. And when he was tired, he wasn't making great decisions, was he? How many of you can attest to this? Sometimes you'll have this great encounter with God, and then what happens the next thing? You get attacked, and you're tired, and you're worn out, and we don't make great decisions. Guys, I would tell you today, I think more marriages fall apart because people are tired and stressed. People make horrible decisions because they're tired and stressed. And I think if we could take, make rest a priority in our lives, I think we can make better decisions. I think we could have better spiritual lives. I think our families would be in better shape. Now, why do you say that, Pastor? Well, let me show you. We see the rest is a priority. Rest needs to be a priority in our lives. We see that rest is something that God instituted for us, and we understand that the lack of rest is harmful to us. Lack of rest is harmful to us personally, right? Elijah just had a very victory, but he wanted to give up because of what? Lack of rest. He was tired. And lack of rest, doctors can say, can lead to disillusionment, discouragement, even depression. 
when we're constantly running on empty, we don't have anything left to give out. And guys, I've experienced this personally. I've had a couple times in my life where I was so drained, trying to do so many things, and I wasn't resting, that I was ready to give up. We see more pastors quit ministry because they're tired and they're discouraged. We see people leave their marriages because they're tired and they're discouraged. We see people quit jobs on the spot because they're what? Tired and they're discouraged. We see people leave their families. People leave their relationship with God because they're frustrated, because it keeps us from seeing circumstances properly. How many of us make good decisions when we're frustrated? How many of us make good decisions when we're tired? No. How many of us make horrible decisions when we're tired, right? How many of you guys have ever done this? You're, you're trying to watch how you eat. You're trying to exercise. You're trying to be healthy. You get home after work. You're tired. You're frustrated. You had a bad day. What happens? You overeat. I don't know where that whole tub of ice cream went. I cannot figure that out. Sometimes my car will drive itself to Taco John's for nachos at night. Like, it's amazing. I don't know how. Or donuts, you know. It just, I don't know. It's, yeah, we make bad decisions. Elijah had lost perspective. He had the power of God on his side, but he was seeing things distortedly because he was tired. And tiredness, lack of rest, can sap our joy. It can sap our strength. And so we see that lack of rest is harmful to us, but it's also harmful to our families. Lack of rest can be really harmful in our family relationships. When we're rested or not rested, it affects everything. I saw this incredible study. This group took 1,000 students, school-age students, and 600 parents. And they asked them one question. If you were granted one wish that would change the way your mom or dad's work affects your life, what would your wish be? 56% of parents answered. They thought their kids would say that the kids wish they would have more time with their parents. The actual result was they asked for their parents to be less stressed and tired. The overwhelming majority of kids said, I wish my parents were less stressed and less tired. Over having more time with them, they said, we just wish they were less tired and less stressed out. Um, This shows that it affects our families. We're better spouses, we're better parents, we're better employees, better Christians when we're rested the way God intended us to be. And lack of rest can actually take us to dangerous places. Temptation comes the most when we're what? Tired. There's an acronym, I think I even put in your notes, HALT, H-A-L-T. And I found this in a book. Um, But this is places when we're open to temptation. H stands for hungry. How many of you make bad decisions when you're hungry? Anybody get hangry? Hungry, angry? Yeah. Right? We make bad decisions when we're hungry. When we're angry, the A is angry. If I'm upset, I don't make great decisions. If I'm lonely or if I'm tired, H-A-L-T, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. These situations, when we have those, we need to make sure that our, our radar is on high alert. Because when we're in those situations, we're not making great choices. How many marriages have been destroyed by someone who was lonely? And temptation comes up. Because the devil's watching. He knows when you're vulnerable. How many people struggle with addictions? They give in when they're what? Lonely. Or tired. Or angry. I can't tell you how many people that I talk to, they're battling addictions to pornography. And they say, I'm doing great. And then I'm lonely one night. And I give in. I'm angry at my spouse. 
I give in. People who are battling alcohol, I'm feeling sorry for myself because I'm what? Lonely, tired, angry, I give in. So we need to see those. Those are red flags. And so they can take us to dangerous places. They're harder to resist and we're spiritually depleted and we're tired. So how do we make rest a priority? Well, Jesus shows us a great pattern, right? Jesus shows us a pattern of this. And so, and I can't tell you guys how many times I'm talking to pastors that are burnt out. They've been working. They don't take a day off. You know what they tell me? I'll rest when I'm dead. You ever heard that? I'll rest when I'm dead. Jesus doesn't take a break. I don't either. Well, yeah, actually he did quite often, right? He shows us in the gospels, Jesus went away by himself several times. I've got too much riding on me to take a break. I've got too much work to do. I'd rather burn out than rust out. You ever heard that? I'll sleep when I'm in heaven. And Jesus, literally with the weight of humanity on his shoulders, took times to rest and to pray. And he shows us a pattern of that. So let's look at this. The application, how do we rest? Well, Jesus shows us this pattern of ministry, then rest, then refuel, and re-engagement. This is what Jesus would do. He would go somewhere, he would do ministry, then he would take time to rest, refuel himself by prayer, spending time with God, and he would go back out into the fire, into the events. He didn't quit after big events. He just kind of refueled, right? He knew the importance of living full of the Spirit. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately after this, immediately after Jesus did a miracle, it said, Jesus insisted the disciples get back in the boat and cross the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After seeing him home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, did a huge miracle, and then went off all alone to do what? to pray, to rest, to recharge, to reconnect with God, right? So that's a big deal. Work, rest, refuel, re-engage. And here's the thing, guys. If we're giving out and giving out and giving out and giving out and not taking time to spend time with God on our own to recharge and refuel, what's going to happen? We run on empty. And then what happens? When you do that for a long period of time, what happens? You burn out. You crash. And then you're no good to anyone. And guys, like I said, I've been there. My family's been there. We, we've done it. We've done ministry, done ministry, done ministry. Didn't think we could take a time off, couldn't rest or recharge, and we ended up crashing to a halt. And we don't ever want to do that again. And here's the thing. We have to live at a sustainable pace. Now, I'm not talking about being lazy. Please understand that. I'm not saying we should be lazy. I'm not saying we should not do ministry. I'm saying do ministry, but then take time to rest, just like the pattern God gave us. We have to rest and refuel um, life's better when it's lived at a sustainable pace. And we have to realize, here's the big thing. If you get anything else out of this today, please hear this. God is more interested in working in us than through us. He's more interested in what he can do in you before he does something through you. We have to have margins. There's a guy named Bill Hybels. He pastored Willow Creek Community Church, one of the biggest churches in the country. This thing was just exploding People were patterning their churches after Bill Hybels' churches. People were patterning their ministry after his. And then he found out that he was crashing. And he said this. He said, the pace at which I was doing the work of God was destroying the work of God in me. The pace that I was doing work for God was destroying the work of God in me. He was running so hard that he was crashing on the inside. I found another quote. From Andy Stanley, 
this is back before he kind of did some of these other things. He said, boundaries make me a better person. I love better. I live better. I think better. Contrary to my own mindset, I can't and shouldn't run every day to empty and leave it all in the field. When I don't keep an emotional, physical, intellectual, and spiritual reserve, the negative fallout happens to the people and projects around me. I have a responsibility to appropriately take care of me so I can appropriately take care of others. What do people see when they look at me? How would they describe my life? Exhausted, fearful, frazzled, stressed, or full of peace and joy and selflessness? Guys, we all have responsibility to people around us. What do we call them? Our families, our friends, the people in the ministries that we work in, whether that's Sunday school, youth group, kids' church. And if we live without margins, we are headed for disaster. And one of the things people say is they like, I want to do self-denial or self-neglect. And those are two totally different things. I can deny myself things that are bad for me, and that's good, right? Denying Twinkies is a good thing in, in moderation, right? Denying peanut butter cups is a good thing in moderation, right? But self-neglect is what? That's harmful. When I neglect taking care of myself, that's a harmful thing for myself. It's harmful for my family. It's harmful for what God wants to do through me. So we have to make sure that we're doing what God is calling us to do, using the things he's given us. And rest ultimately comes down to trust. Rest ultimately comes down to trust. Exodus 23, verse 12, the Lord institutes this thing called Sabbath. He says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and foreigners living among you to be, I love this word, refreshed. God tells us we're supposed to take a day off. Now, one thing people ask me all the time, what if I have to work on Sundays? Then you take a different day. Take Saturday. Take Friday. Take a day that you have off. Find a day to rest. And it's funny, you know, there's this big company, Chick-fil-A, I'm pretty sure the owners of Chick-fil-A roll in money like Scrooge McDuck did, you know, in DuckTales. I mean, they have money all the time. And how many days a week are they open? Six. How many of you have ever been like, oh, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A? It's Sunday, right? They're closed on Sundays. And you know what people told them over and over and over again? You can't make it only being open six days a week. You will never succeed because all you serve is chicken and you're only open on six days a week. And these guys are making money hand over fist. Why? Because they're honoring God in the way they do that. Hobby Lobby, same thing. You can't sell that stuff only six days a week. Yeah, we can. (laughs) And they're doing great. God instituted this idea of a day of rest. I've even read, and I I wish I had marked where it was, but I remember I was reading, there was a hydroelectric plant, and their stuff was always breaking. And so they decided to shut down one day a week just to try it. And you know what happened? Stuff worked better. The guy said, I can't believe it. It's almost like it was intended to be off a day. People went, huh. Right? And so it was in Canada. They're Canadians. Um, so it wasn't even a Christian guy, but he discovered that doing things God ways really works. So rest comes down to trust. Do I trust God to take care of the stuff that needs to be done the other six days? Do I trust that I can take off a day and things won't fall down? Do I trust that God can handle this, right, to do things the way he intends? So how do we do this? Like, yeah, that's great, Pastor. How do I really do this? Well, let's have some practical tips. Well, 
First thing, we have to take intentional times of Sabbath. That means take one day a week to rest. Now, does that mean you sleep all day? No. Do things that refresh you. That might be working in the garage. You might be playing video games. It might be taking naps. It might be watching a movie with your family. It might be riding your motorcycle. It might be going out for a run. It might be whatever it is. Do things that refuel you that are rest and not work. And some people say, well, work refuels me. No. (laughs) You're taking a day off of work. Do something that's a hobby. And then... Every season, we take some kind of a time of rest. Farmers do this, right? Farmers try to take some time off in the wintertime. I know they're always maintaining and fixing stuff because stuff always breaks, but most farmers I know take a little time off to rest. My grandparents crack me up because, you know, they're farmers, and my grandpa would be home all winter. My grandma was like, get this man out of this house. You should send him to a shop to do things. Like, get out from under my feet. Um, so he piddled in a shop all the time, fixing stuff. But we take a, a season, a, an intentional time of rest. Go spend time with your family. Do something that relaxes you. Um, enjoy life. Enjoy the things God has given us. And so, and then here's an idea. While you're taking a day off, disengage from things that drain you. Social media, news, things that drain you, take those off. And then another thing that I found really helpful, find things that that drain you. We all have things that we do in work or home that really drain us. Don't schedule those back to back. I've realized meetings drain me. I'm just one of those people. Meetings make me tired. I'd rather work with my hands than be in a meeting all the time. So I schedule meetings with a little break in between so I can do that, right? And so, and then I try to do something in between that recharges me. So find those things and then make an effort to have healthy, healthy sleep patterns. I know you parents with young kids are laughing right now, but it will get better. Um, have healthy sleep patterns. It means you have to get enough sleep. Try exercising during the day to help you sleep better at night, whether going for a walk, take the dogs out, do something. Um, And then don't check your email or Facebook right before you go to bed. This is something I've had to be really intentional about because then I'll read my email right before I go to bed, and then I'm doing what? Thinking about what I have to do the next day while I'm trying to sleep. I can't do anything about it until the next day anyway, so don't check those things right before you go to bed. And then take time to recharge. Do things that fill you. Take date nights with your spouse. Do things with your family. Have a slowdown period after you have a really busy season. Find times to do things that recharge you. And then, one of the big, wow, that was loud. Um, one of the biggest things we have to do is listen to the people around us. What does that mean? When people say, hey, you look really tired, you look really stressed, you need to slow down a little bit. Listen to them, because they're probably trying to tell you something you need to hear. I know there have been seasons in my life, everywhere I go, people are like, you look really tired. Thanks. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) It's an exhausted look, right? But I have to start listening, because I say, you know what? I probably do need to slow down a little bit. I probably do need to to take a couple hours and and go sit somewhere. I found a thing that really helps me. You know, a lot of pastors are kind of tired on Mondays. One of the things I try to do is on Mondays, I'll work in a coffee shop for a little while and read. That recharges me. I'll find a, a book about church or a book about ministry or business or something, and I'll go sit and read it. And it gets me out of the office. It gets me around people, but it's also recharging for me. I enjoy that. And other people are like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it works for me. So find things that work for you to recharge you. And listen to the people around you who love you who are trying to tell you something. Because God often speaks through people around us. 
So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I know this is not our typical New Year's, woo But this is something that God really laid on my heart. I think some of us really need to hear this. And it's something that I've seen the other side of way too often. Guys, I've seen far too many families fall apart because people run ragged chasing their kids and they don't invest in their marriage. I've seen far too many people crash and burn because they're not taking time to refill. I had one pastor, it was the saddest thing. He was retiring and he said, I would have made it a lot longer if I would have taken more time to pray. He told me that. He realized it. Time to recharge. I've seen people who give in to way too many temptations. They say, it's because I know it's because I'm not spending time with God. I'm not recharging. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning if you're physically able. Lord, we thank you so much that you love us so much that you actually instituted this concept of rest that's good for us. And it's because you love us. And Lord, I pray that this morning you'd help us to see how we're living our lives. Are we honoring you in the way that you said? Lord, are are there some of us here that are running on empty? Lord, would you show us that today? Maybe there's some of us here that are doing great at this. Lord, help us to see others that we can share this with. The Lord, help us ultimately to trust you for the rest that you give. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Rex, you're talking about this relationship with Christ, and I don't have that. I don't have this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about, but I want that. I want to have that that you talked about during communion today. If that's you, if you say, you know what, if I was to be really honest, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to do that today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, <laughs> I got really convicted when you're talking about this because I am running on empty. I just need the Lord to fill me up. I know I need to take time to rest, but I just really need God to fill me today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where we're at? We want to pray with you. Yeah. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor, I need to work on doing this. I'm doing okay right now, but I have got to institute this in my life. I need the Lord to help me to institute rest in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with us. Yeah. So, Father, right now, I pray for all those that raise their hands this morning. Lord, for those who are running on empty today, Father, would you fill them? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would refresh their hearts, refresh their spirits. Lord, fill them with your love, with your grace, with your peace, with your joy today. And Lord, for all of us who who need to do better at, at incorporating rest into our lives, Lord, help us to do that intentionally. Because we know it's not going to happen on accident. Lord, help us to be intentional about finding rest and taking that time to honor you with our lives so we can run with margin and we can live healthier for you. In Jesus' name.